This is Fantastic Noise. In this edition, we are heading to Osterley, West London. Well, virtually anyway. It's the home of Sky News, and I'm speaking with journalists Kieran Bangle and Annie Joyce. I'm Terry Lee, Senior Tutor in Radio and Audio at the University of Bedfordshire. Thanks for your time and your ears. I regularly teach journalism students in the newsroom at the University of Bedfordshire. It's my favourite teaching area and it has lots of cool equipment. But as great as it is, it is no substitute to seeing a huge professional newsroom setting with 100 plus people working inside, making the news happen. At Sky News, in their Osterley complex, they have one of those newsrooms. And in one part of that newsroom is the radio team. Amongst other things, that radio team is responsible for IRN, Independent Radio News, who provide two-minute-long hourly news bulletins for radio stations across the UK, 24 hours a day, all year round. They have a big team, and I was lucky enough to speak with two of them. Kieran Bangle. I am a radio journalist at Sky News. And... Hi, my name's Annie Joyce. I'm the daily podcast producer at Sky News. Annie also spent many years previously working on radio bulletins and packages for Sky News Radio. After this conversation, I will tell you about something I've enjoyed listening to and our radio word of the week. But let's hear from Kieran and first Annie from Sky News, who I asked simply what it is like to work in the Sky Newsroom. I've actually been working here, like I first started about six years ago, freelancing um, in uh, with radio. Um, and that sort of built up more and more to the point that actually I, I was only really working at Sky, partly because, it, you know, I didn't, I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that it's a, a you know, multi-platform organisation. You could dip in that, you know, there's a wealth of experience across the team. It's just interesting. Every day can be different depending on the, the stories. You'll have days where, I mean, God, when you think back to when we just had a succession of terror attacks, for example, and that's the, the only story making bulletins. So therefore, all your, your efforts are concentrated on telling that story, keeping people informed, up to date and across what, you know, across what's going on and, and reassuring them as well. At, at the same time, say when we, we have updates from, from police or um, security services, that sort of thing. But over the years, as I said, I was here more and more, was made a staff member and yeah, love it. <laughs> And Kieran, do you enjoy going into the newsroom at Sky News? Is that something you look forward to? Is it, is it a fun place to work? Oh, yes, it definitely is. I mean, as Annie touched on, every day is different. Um, and as you would have seen, Terry, it's a big open plan newsroom. So you can easily touch base with all of the different platforms. When it comes to meetings as well, obviously, you're representing your team, but you feel welcome to have your say and to contribute. And I think every platform really does appreciate that because you are all working hand in hand. So for example, uh, TV may have a guest that you're interested in for one of the radio stories. Um, And so obviously having that knowledge, you then 
stop chasing that organization, for instance. So it is a big multi-platform operation. And yeah, it's, it's nice to be in the office. In fact, that's one of the things uh, I've missed, actually, uh, during the pandemic, not being able to go in as much. Well, what sort of hours on, on a, I guess, an average day would you generally be working the Sky News and the radio bits, especially? I mean, it really does vary in accordance with what shift you're on. So you could be reading bulletins. And so there's an AM and PM shift for that. Uh, The early reader will get in for five and the afternoon reader will get in for one to obviously take over from uh, the early morning reader. Um, You have planning shifts. Uh, They tend to be uh, somewhere between nine and six. Um, and obviously Annie looks after all things podcast so yeah it it really does depend I mean we are obviously a 24-hour service so we have somebody who's on nights we make sure uh, we conduct handovers as well uh, thorough handovers to make sure everybody's in the know and flagging up things to look out for every day really is different but it's a lot of fun Great. And, and, and Annie, what sort of hours does the podcasting demand of you? <laughs> Do you want the honest answer? The thing with the podcast is, uh, it, it's like, I've, I'm very passionate about the podcast. So I probably probably put in way, way too many hours um, at times, because I, the way I see it, so my, my general day is meant to be sort of a, a nine to six type um, type day. So it's a normal day. Um, I, I'm quite glad that I don't have to do the night shifts anymore um, after my, my stint with radio. <laughs> That's probably the, the one upside to the, the switch in my job role. But at the same time, that's not to say that I ignore emails, phone calls and things before nine o'clock in the morning or, you know, when I leave the, the, the newsroom. Actually, Unlike um, Kieran, I spent most of my time in the newsroom throughout uh, Corona, partly because of the way the way I've been working. Um, we have changed things up recently, actually, with the podcast to make more use of some of the, you know, the platforms like Zoom and, and Skype and, and doing things more more remotely. That's been fun with Dermot teaching him how to uh, <laughs> to, to, to to use technology um, in, a, in a way that that makes. Yeah, it makes it that we can do more more things remotely and and i think the pandemic has shown that it's possible it's been it's been possible for so many different organizations for their workforces to be able to work from home yeah it's been it's been a challenge but it, it's 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 proven that it, it's doable we don't have to be confined to to four walls day in day out you talk about Dermot, um, Annie, that would be Dermot Manahan, who Indeed, yeah. <laughs> is a familiar presenter on, on Sky News TV, but also the host of the, the podcast that you're producing. Um, are, are there other familiar faces that you see walking around? And how, how is that? Well, when you say familiar faces, you, you'll mean faces that you see on the television. Um, and obviously, yeah, that you know, the correspondents are in and out of the newsroom um, as and when. Less, less so, uh, obviously, through the, the pandemic, because as you'll have seen, lots of them have been doing their work from, from home. Um, so we've seen the, the insides of, of, of everybody's, um, uh, yeah, everybody's homes over the last several months. Um, so, yeah, so Dermot Nanahan is our, our main uh, podcast 
um, host, but I do have fill-ins for him because he, he takes holiday as, as uh, the rest of us do. So um, the likes of Jonathan Samuels, for example, is somebody that I work a lot with as well. Um, this week, in fact, I'm also working with our diplomatic editor, Dominic Waghorn. So he's hosting some podcasts and our deputy political editor, Sam Coates. I've, I did a whole series um, of podcasts with, with him recently too, with the, it was, I suppose, to tee up the return of, of Parliament MPs getting back to work as the, you know, as the kids get back to school, that kind of thing. Um, because the next few months are going to be quite busy from, uh, from a political point of view. Not only have we had uh, like COVID to deal with, but the, you know, that the Brexit story isn't done, for example. And so, so yeah, so there's, there's, there's lots of faces that I, I, you know, have a, perhaps a lot more contact with than than others but that's the nature of what you know my job role is is the studio that they film the the tv news bit in is that in a different building to the newsroom just to give people i guess um listening an idea on the the layout of sky news and, and that osterly complex so the newsroom you will have been have seen and, and students will have seen is on the, the second floor yes second floor of uh, sky studios and obviously you would have seen that each when you come into the the, the campus as I, I call it and um, we've got different buildings so the building that we're in is is where we've got studios downstairs but actually um the the what's called the glass box is in our sky central which is another building that's a 30 second 45 second walk across um across from from where we're actually based um so there was a period of time where actually we we i wasn't actually physically seeing dermot because he could go into that building but, but couldn't come into mine i couldn't go over to him type thing so yeah so we've we had to learn to work remotely um and, and in sync which yeah, again, brought challenges, but you know, we, we overcome um, any of those those hurdles because you, you kind of have to you have to get on with it, um, things. Equally, we've got our studios in Millbank, so I sometimes have worked um, out of there too because where Dermot's evening TV shows, um, Sky News Tonight, that ordinarily in, in, is back broadcasting from Millbank. The programmes that you see on TV are not necessarily all coming out of just the same the same place. And Kieran, are the radio studios near the newsroom or are they somewhere different? Uh, yes, so it's kind of, you have to walk through the newsroom to get to our main studio where we broadcast. I think initially, because we were in another building a few years ago and we had the big move over to what you've seen now in Sky Studios, uh, we were all a little bit cautious because it was a little bit more of a walk for us to get there but in fact it is only just like 30 seconds away um, and we have a system where the editor can buzz through to the studio so if anything does break um, you know they can just read it to us uh, just before we go live. We have a backup studio in case anything does go yeah, desperately exactly. wrong <laughs> which is actually the studio that I use a lot for the podcast. Oh great it's always good to have spares. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Kieran, as part of your role at Sky News Radio, you're producing and reading radio news bulletins that are broadcast live across commercial and community radio stations in the UK. Since March 2009, Sky News have been creating the IRN two-minute 
bulletins on the top of every hour, as well as creating some other content for UK Radio too. IRN, by the way, being Independent Radio News, which has been part of UK Radio since 1973. So what does an average day of, I guess, radio news look like for you, especially when you are the voice or one of the creators of, of that news? So if you are on bulletins, uh, while you read the news, it's not just the reader who's creating that bulletin. I think everyone on the team, uh, you know, contributes, they write stories, we hold meetings every day. So ordinarily, we have one at around 9.15. And then again, at about 2.15, where we'll run through the news and everyone can kind of contribute and see if there's anything that they feel we may have missed or what we could be going into a little bit more depth on. Um, And you work more so hand in hand with the editor. So when you're building your bulletin, the editor will have to check it anyway before you go in to actually read it. So um, that always gives you peace of mind as well to make sure someone else has scanned over it. And I think it's just a case of using your editorial judgment, basically, when you're building that bulletin. So what have you been leading with throughout the day? Uh, As the day progresses, does it still warrant being the lead? What matters to commercial uh, radio listeners? Uh, And obviously making sure it is within that two minute time frame. That's what our stations are expecting. Yes. Out of interest, have there been any uh, examples where your your two minutes has not gone to plan (laughs) that you can think of? Um, I'll let you into a little secret. When I first started, I did go ever so slightly over. And so I couldn't read my name out loud. So it just ended on the last story, (laughs) Um, which wasn't ideal. But I was just glad I was able to read all of the news. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes I, uh, I mean it's it really is a challenge I, I work with with students who we also try and get to do two minutes and um, more often than not they they miss it as you go you really you know it, it's something that builds up over time as you're reading and you, you're, you're constantly looking up at the clock um, to make sure your pace is right we back time when we go into the studio so we'll get in there nice and early and make sure we start reading from our last story and obviously just note it down that that always really helps so if if you're getting in really late and you haven't had a chance to read through your bulletin that's where it can be a little bit more scary <laughs> just um, so I was going to say just to add to that as, as a, the one tip I can get give anybody trying to to read bulletins to time yes do the back time but also make sure that the back end of your you know that last story you've got short sentences sentences that you can just whip in half so you can you've got things to chop off if, if you desperately needed to and likewise having more as well in case you're you know you're a bit excited and, and reading the news a bit a bit quicker than normal and therefore you, you don't want to have dead air for for 10 seconds top tip thank you <laughs> one thing that we often talk to students about at the university of bedfordshire especially um, is about how so much news is I guess, predictable. Obviously, you get some stories which you can't possibly predict and and things that happen that you have to react to. But a lot of the news that you guys will be reporting on Sky News Radio is stuff which was planned for. and, and, And I believe you would refer to it as the prospects, daily prospects would be scheduled in. You will know that you will be reporting on uh, the Prime Minister doing a speech about something or other and things like that. How, how do prospects work and, and how would you uh, plan for, for news around prospects? And who does that? 
there's two things. Obviously, there's a, a news diary whereby uh, you know news organisations have access to diary events. Um, so we know if you know if, if the prime minister is is booked to go somewhere, and you know we're, we're told these things in advance. So therefore, it's 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 in the calendar, so to speak. Also, though, we receive embargoed press releases. So we're given things in advance by, you know, it might be a charity or an organisation. Um, so we can prepare, you know, for that story. But the idea is that everyone gets it, that they can, everyone can broadcast it or publish it at the same time. Um, no, you know, no one gets a head start. But then there are times where we'll get exclusives as well. So we're given something ahead of um, the rest of the media. And likewise, that works for, for other organisations as well. As, as a whole operation, we, we've got a diary. But then like um, Kieran can explain more on the radio side of things, we all, we have somebody who's planning every day for the next day. So they'll work alongside tele colleagues and colleagues that are doing other things. But actually, radio content we tend to sort of put out a lot more because so there's more variety for for our clients. Kieran, is it is it possible you could tell us about how that works in, in the radio side of things, especially? Yeah, sure. So when you are on the planning shift, as Annie mentioned, you have uh, the prospects that you'll send out every day. Um, around about lunchtime and you'll try to update them uh, late afternoon once you've had a couple of meetings and had any updates or found out about any developments Um, and that's just really to flag up any embargoed stories you are working on. Um, We tend to leave off obviously any exclusives because then it will no longer be an exclusive you're giving that heads up but it's really just a service for our clients to be aware basically of what the news agenda could look like the following day and also so previously I worked for a commercial radio station that is one of our clients at KMFM in Kent and when we would receive the prospects from IRN it would be really helpful because we could try to then chase a local case study if we receive the prospects at say one o'clock we can put some effort into it and then, so when that story does emerge the following day and we get the, the national content, we've already kind of got that local voice. So it is really helpful. And I think stations do appreciate it. Often it's the case we'll send out uh, the prospects and stations will email or give us a call and say, oh, can we have more information about that? And we'll send over anything we've got. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a partnership. You both have experience at you know, reading radio news bulletins. And there is a certain, I guess, generic vision, if you like, in people's heads as to what a news reader should sound like. But but then everyone sounds different. So I'll start with you, Kieran. How, how do you get a voice that you're comfortable with reading the news with? How do you get good at reading the news and sounding authoritative? What sort of practice did you have to do to get to where you are now? It's funny, actually, because when you first think about as a journalism student, when you think about news reading, I mean, for me anyway, it was all about putting on a really posh voice. (laughs) And I just did not sound like me at all. And actually, the focus should be on being clear, making sure you're reading to your own pace you know you're not rushing and getting ahead of yourself because then you are just going to stumble on words so really taking that time I found what was helpful in the beginning is I'd underline certain words that I felt you know were were the keywords in a story or if it's 
a story that's centered around a particular figure, I'd underline that and really emphasize that uh, when I read out loud. So I think it is just really a case of practicing. In the early stages, I would actually print out bulletins and go into the studio ahead of time and just read and read and read and work on my timings as well, particularly when I started uh, working for Sky News Radio. So yeah, I think it's practice rather than trying to put on a fake voice. I think another tip as well is to think about somebody who really appeals to you as a news reader and think about their voice and what emphasis they're putting on certain words and try to follow that. And what about you, Annie, in terms of reading the news? What's, what, how do you find it and what's your tips? Just to give you a, a little insight into me, I didn't train as a broadcast journalist at all. I trained as a print journalist. I fell into radio, literally, um, uh, back in, let's go back, 20 probably about yeah coming up well I, yeah knocking on close to two decades ago put it that way <laughs> um so i i first started out at radio jackie that was where i sort of learned to read read the news i guess and um, was thrown in the studio on the second day microphone thrown into my face quite literally and it did not come naturally to me whatsoever so <laughs> it took me probably the best part of a year because the trouble is um when you try to sound like a news reader you tend to sound like you're reading a bedtime story that's kind of um i think what it, people need to do is you just need to find find your own voice and remember you're not even though you might be broadcasting to, to millions of people you always one of the tips i was first told was treat it you're talking to one person you know that's that's the type of tone that you want to 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 get rather than trying to shout your way through a a bulletin do you guys feel pressure when you do radio news bulletins do you feel any pressure in knowing that you know there are millions of people listening to radio stations that that are playing this this bulletin because irn and you know sky news giving irn these two-minute bulletins uh, that that's a lot of radio listeners uh, listening into lots of bulletins. D- does that make a difference? Do you ever crack under the pressure? I think it, it it can be a pressure if you think about it too much. It, it can be a pressure. I after uh, my time at Radio Jackie, I, I went on to work for Global, um, so working on the Heart and Capital stations um, in, in uh, different places. Yes, yeah, so you, you get you do get used to it, but it's it's the same at the end of the day whether you're reading for for, you know a a small station a larger station or like what we do here for for others there are you know there are people listening here there and everywhere look at the internet you know people could be listening on their phones um on airplanes i've had somebody message me once before saying that they've they've listened to a bulletin that i was reading from thirty-five thousand feet in the in the sky which that, that's fun so that there is there is pressure there sometimes but you just have to yeah just just concentrate on what you're doing take your time take deep breaths i'd say the worst is when you know you've got either somebody's name or or a word that doesn't roll off your tongue very well because when i know i've had things like that i've been more panicky and i've probably messed things up like messed sentences prior to it and then got that spot on but it's the, it's the panic about about this one particular word that you don't don't like to say. 
or the, the other thing to do which um we do here is whoever is the news reader um, you will craft your your script using this you know the the content that we've all put into it but just adjust it adjust it to suit the way you speak there's no point i think trying to to read read something that, that doesn't suit your your style um because it will it will sound alien you want things to sound natural kieran how do you feel talking to, to millions of people doing bulletins every day um yeah like annie said i think you can feel the pressure but strangely it sometimes you get a bit of adrenaline when news breaks and you know you've really put in that team effort and you've got out the news uh, and you've got it right i think that's as well that is a key point you, you know you you can't rush anything out you have to get it right so when it comes to breaking news you have to make sure you have all of the facts um, and you'd rather actually get it out later than get it wrong I think it's just realizing you know you have that responsibility for all of these stations and you want to make sure you know you're not getting it wrong for them as well as yourselves but I think it's just working hand in hand with all of the different platforms I mean over the weekend with the uh, Birmingham stabbings, that that was a clear example. You know, there was some uh, initial confusion uh, about a certain figure and then the teams were working together and actually checking the verified uh, police Twitter accounts and uh, their news releases. We were able to make sure it was all correct. Just making sure you're sticking to the facts. And like Annie said, you know, there can be a certain name or... Uh, a word you're not sure how to pronounce it's just making sure you kind of iron that out and get into the studio in good time and try not to think about it too much because as you're reading up to it then it can create the opportunity to stumble but if you do it's about just rolling with it otherwise you're just going to keep thinking about it and making potentially more mistakes throughout your bulletin. Annie, since since February this year, you've been producing Sky News Daily, a news podcast hosted by Dermot Murnahan that we've talked about. It focuses on a, a single theme each day for uh, well, around 30 minutes or so. The, the lengths vary. Impressively, the podcast has been regularly publishing every day throughout the COVID lockdown period. Can you talk us through what an average day looks like with making the podcast? So first thing in the morning, what I will do is look at what's, um, you know, what's on the agenda, which correspondents, for example, um, are around that we may want to do something with, because I have to liaise with the other desks. Um, so whether it's a home, the home desk, if it's a UK um, based story or the foreign desk, if it's, it's something that's based abroad. So if I want a correspondent, then yes, I have to sort of look to, to, to work with my, my, my other colleagues and perhaps doing this job role in some respects I probably work more with other teams than, um, than, than some, of the, uh, some of my radio colleagues uh, for example but again that's just because of the way I need to use their resources more for the podcast. I will yeah, decide what we're doing for the day I will be in touch with we have interviews producers that we can liaise with so they can help if we want to guest um, you know to get to get guests on the podcast as well I liaise with whether it's Dermot or another presenter that I'm working with for that for that day's podcast and um, working out their timings because as you know with Dermot for example he's on the 
TV as well. So there are often, you know, different demands um, coming at different directions. Today, for example, he's doing rehearsals um, for for us. So they're all the sorts of things, the logistics of it. So you've got the editorial side, but then you've got the actual logistics of putting that podcast together what timings can you work with when when do you need to avoid that sort of thing so during during the height of the pandemic we would aim to record basically the second half of the podcast around lunchtime so we'll we'll pick um, an area to to go at and obviously through through the height of covid it was kind of the only thing anybody you know was talking about so it's looking at different aspects of what was going on that's what we um, would focus on but then into the afternoon the the front half of the podcast would be recorded quite late on because it would be based around um, what we learned in the in the daily briefing so that we couldn't record until just after the briefing finished but damn it's also on television at seven o'clock so there's a very small window that we had to play with to have guests correspondents everybody lined up and just hope to god that the technical side of things were you know were, were working there wasn't you know didn't lose somebody's connection but yeah we that's that's what we did through all of that things have changed somewhat in the last couple of months because up until back end of June it was literally you know Dermot and I that just working on on the, the daily podcast then we've we've had more hands sort of come in into the podcast because it's it's gained um, a lot of interest which that's that's been great so we've got more people working on it and then now it's giving us the the chance that we can actually do things in advance somewhat so it's it, it where we were turning around podcast on the day every day every weekday and now we can have different ones sort of in the pipeline that we're working on that we can then sort of put out as and when so like for example this this week I've been working across five different podcasts already from from yesterday just to make sure that the rest of this week ticks over quite nicely but come Thursday I'm already you know my head will be in next week Annie, I've seen a um, a TV or a video social media advert featuring Dermot, which I think is kind of in its own way perfect in describing the podcast because there's a moment in it where he leaves the TV studio, he, t- he wanders over to like a radio booth, an audio booth, and he undoes his top button and loosens his tie. And for me, um, that, that kind of encapsulates how podcasts are slightly more in-depth. They're less formal, slightly more... Uh, more relaxed. Yeah, more relaxed and, and, and more in-depth and, and longer form, not like a bulletin. I guess I was wondering if you could tell me of uh, any examples of topics that you think the Sky News Daily podcast has fulfilled its objectives and really gone in depth in, in a really interesting way that's not been possible in other, I guess, sides of Sky News. I, I think the, the opportunity the podcast gives us is, bear in mind, so when, when our correspondents are out gathering, um, you know, gathering content to make um, what we call packages, so RVTs that you, you see on, on telly, now you may only see a, a 15, 20 second clip of whether it's a case study or, you know, it's, it's a key figure that they've spoken to. 
but actually there, there may be sort of half an hour's worth of content that they've they've gathered and they've just tried to pick what they think is the most grabbing um you know grabbing soundbite um and that's the same for for radio so you need you know you, you need a good ear for, for 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 listening to those things but the difference with the podcast is there's more room there's more you know more time for somebody to have a conversation and if you think when people are listening to podcasts that you know they might be on the move they're um you know on the, the daily commute now that that's uh, sort of now back a thing <laughs> um and and so people have got perhaps more more time that they you know they want to you know just just lose themselves in 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 listening to a podcast so whilst i can sit here and i can tell you all about what we do on the daily it's not just the daily that we have we've got a portfolio of of podcasts our storycast series for example um you know i highly recommend those for for anybody who's uh into podcasts and looking for a new one and, and the daily of course <laughs> um but you know we've, we've got that we've got the our backstage one um for for people that are interested more in, in the entertainment side of things and divided states looks at um what's going on in the united states we have an all-out politics one which which is is you know focused on on politics so from for my my job is that i'm trying to put out podcasts and to offer a variety of, of topics and stories that we we will look at as I say you know for, for a period throughout this year COVID was the only story that you know anybody was really talking about but now as I say in, in the last couple of months we've been looking at different things so um, just just this week the um, the, the, the Novichok poisoning of um, Alexander Navalny we one of the the key things through the covid crisis was the the care homes uh, issue and we we you know we did a, a special podcast with a care home that was having to was basically a victim of of covid they they couldn't afford to stay stay open so we had case studies of, of you know a, a relative um, that it was affecting care home themselves and then a, 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 you know a, a, an organization that was helping other care homes to tell the story other examples um the what happened in lebanon for example so these are very you know for, in terms of the spectrum of stories but it's putting real people at the heart of what we're doing so again, like you know, what happened in Lebanon? You know, the, the thousands of people that have been affected in one way or the other, whether they've lost loved ones or you know that had their, their their homes destroyed. We've done other things whereby we've looked at. I mean, the other big issue this year has been um, around the, the the Black Lives Matter movement. So we've done podcasts um, that are focused on 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 that too. Um, the Primados, um, you know, that, that scandal. These are all podcasts whereby we've put people at the heart of them. Um, we went back to Wuhan. Our, our correspondent, our Asia correspondent, Tom Cheshire, um, went back there. And we, we, we told, um, you know, a woman's story. Out, in fact, the whole of the podcast was, was recorded out of, out of China. We, we spoke to an American expat um, who was stuck there, you know, has had lived there throughout the lockdown um, and then sort of looked at what can we, you know, what might we learn from this? Because 
as the scientists have, have you know have told us this isn't over and this won't probably be the the, the only pandemic um you know that, that humanity will will face in in the years to come kieran we've heard a little bit from annie about how i guess her working circumstances have changed whilst the pandemic's been happening and lockdown happened but what about in terms of sky news radio and those news bulletins how did COVID-19 affect those and, and the working conditions that you had to, to be in? Well, obviously, throughout the pandemic, we had so many different lines on the crisis itself. And it's really having to pick and choose about what matters most to people and what they need to know. Um, we were also, so we have our headlines that we aim to send at about 20 past the hour for our commercial radio stations. We were also producing something that's called a lead all, which is a, about a minute's worth of uh, content, really summing up uh, the key lines from the, the day. Um, but th- those were sent every hour and the aim is to get those out by about, 22 the top of the hour so in terms of the turnaround you know if you're on bulletins as well you're having to basically you know prepare these various uh, elements every 15 minutes 15 to 20 minutes there there was obviously a lot more to do but it's really having to use your editorial judgment about what matters the most our bulletins were pretty much all about uh, coronavirus as expected that was difficult as well in the sense you know usually you'd start with a really serious story and you'd end your bulletin with maybe an and finally a bit of showbiz perhaps some sport it, it wasn't like that so in terms of the tone you had to use throughout that's something you had to be conscious of again trying to get all of that information into a two-minute bulletin it was difficult um, but we worked around it and it's little things as well when compiling the bulletins to make sure you don't repeat yourself so obviously the word coronavirus having to refer to it as COVID-19 the pandemic referencing restrictions etc so it really does put you to the test but yeah we 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 obviously stopped Lidl's a little while ago now um but even still we're very conscious of what we're sending out and making sure obviously as always we stand it up uh, and make sure uh, we're sticking to the facts because you know as many of us would have experienced getting those whatsapp messages uh, you know uh, certain reports about uh, various stories you know, it creates a lot of panic. So just making sure, you know, we were sticking to the facts and uh, accrediting uh, people and companies where necessary. And and what about you as a, an employee of Sky, uh, Kieran? Were, were you still going to Osterley? Um, were you doing more work from home? How, how did that work? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot more work from home. Um, so over the weekend, so I, I work every weekend. I, I have to go in because how it works on the weekends, you're either reading or you act as the desk editor. So those are shifts that can only be done in the office. Certainly in the week, there's been the opportunity to work from home. And that's been quite helpful for me because I have a one-year-old, but also testing. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, and I think it does. It just puts you uh, to the test in general because it's a completely different way of working in the office you're used to the really big screens and you're having to work with various systems when you're at home working on a small laptop and having to dip it in and out it inevitably slows things down so um 
yeah, it's been a, a bit of a test, but it shows it can work. You've both spoken about some of your work background and, and places that you've worked before you, you were at Sky News and some of the jobs you did. But what sort of education background did you both have to get to this point? It's the pathway I sort of followed um, at college, I studied media, English and psychology. Uh, that was the, the, the sort of the mix that I went for. Um, but media, I'd always wanted to be a journalist since I was very little, and um, but was terrified of microphones, cameras and things. So print seemed like the obvious <laughs> one to go for. Um, so I then went on to uni. The, the, the way the course was split was, you know, half was all the theory side of things, doing the, you know, your, your legal training, all of that, um, all of that stuff. And then you you picked a pathway. So I chose print. So um, we we put uh, sort of magazines together. I sort of was able to you know write long long articles, for example. So when I got into radio, it was then the flip of that was hang on, I need to try and condense these lengthy stories that we you know as used to writing into three lines. And that's a craft in itself, especially when you've got very complex um, things that you're trying to explain in, in a you know in a simplistic way for, for the listener. Because one of the 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 other key things, for, if you know, thinking about broadcasting radio, you know, commercial radio bulletins, people aren't solely listening to the radio intently. They'll be doing other things at the same time. So that's where, as a as a listener, you need to have the news delivered in such a way that it's um it's simple to listen to it's easy you know easy on the ear you don't want to put you know tons of figures in in there because it will just all jumble up so you want to be quite quite selective in in what you're doing and in the delivery and that goes back to when we're talking about you know the the way that you read the news um you have to use your voice to to help the listener hear what's being said I studied journalism at City and it was predominantly print focused. It wasn't until I think actually the very last term we focused <clears throat> on radio at all. Um, but that really opened up my eyes uh, to broadcast. I really enjoyed it. Um, but from there, I did go on and do a little bit of print work. But it, it actually worked out well because I graduated in 2012. So I managed to secure a stint with the Olympic Broadcasting Services, which was fantastic. And for me, that was like, okay, right, I definitely want to go into broadcast. Um, and so I did a few little bits and bobs. And then um, I started working at a radio station and just building up that experience yeah uh, I went from there that was a, a station in West London from there I went to the KM and was there for a couple of years and now I'm here I've been working at Sky for almost four and a half years which yeah it, it doesn't feel like that time flies and, and it's yeah, interesting you really make me feel so old I just <laughs> I just doing the maths in my head going when did I graduate <laughs> thank you so much for your time both of you Annie and Kieran one last question and we ask this to everyone is there one thing that you're enjoying listening to at the moment or that you've been listened to recently that you might recommend our listeners uh, have a listen to themselves perhaps it's a podcast or a, a radio program you've heard is there one thing you might recommend to others 
So I, I can highly recommend our portfolio of uh, Sky News podcasts, uh, obviously the daily. But as I said earlier, actually, the, the, the Storycast ones are, uh, you know, are very, very interesting. Um, we've got our most recent one um, looks at or looks back at, at what happened um, when Alexander Litvinenko was poisoned um, and somebody else that got caught up in it. So, yeah, do, do check those out. I mean, I'd obviously do the same and point all of the students in the direction of our content. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really recently been listening to much outside of that. Um, I always find the dailies helpful when, you know, you do have a commute or you're on a run or something like that and just want to, uh, you know, you haven't really been across the news. That's your chance to, you know, really get to grips with what's been going on in a short space of time. Other than that, it's just pretty much been mother and baby podcasts. So... <laughs> Hey, no, well, the, the, the fact that there are mother and baby podcasts will be a surprise to some of our <laughs> listeners. So, yes, and, and, and you can get all sorts of, I assume, helpful tips and, and case studies from other people through those things. Yeah, but it is also interesting to just see how somebody else puts together a podcast and think about, you know, how they've managed the logistics and the guests they've chosen uh, and why and just how emotive the audio is really so it yeah it it, it does help to lif- listen to something entirely different as well Kieran Bangle and Annie Joyce from Sky News lots of interesting points from them here are a couple of things that jumped out to me I was lucky enough to take a group of students to Osterley in November 2019. They were blown away by the whole sky complex there. They were inspired by it. Everyone we spoke to, especially on the newsroom floor, were incredibly friendly and helpful and supportive of the students. I've been lucky enough to visit other large newsrooms too. These are jobs for people who can deal with high-pressure environments and don't mind the noise. It was interesting to hear Kieran talk about her time at KMFM using the Sky News or IRN Daily Prospects as stimulus for finding local case studies to tell a local version of the same story. Ultimately, they both had experience working for radio organisations who received IRN bulletins and so both understood the importance of making those bulletins great for those radio stations. Both Annie and Kieran also spoke about having broad journalistic experiences before settling for radio and made really good points about writing for radio with those short, simple scripts. Annie's tip about leaving short sentences that you can cut out towards the end of a two-minute news bulletin is one I shall definitely pass on to my students, and both gave great advice for those who are considering reading radio news as a job. Finally... The podcasts Annie produces, Sky News Daily with Dermot Murnahan, are excellent. It was fascinating hearing how she deals with a wide range of topics and how she puts people at the heart of the episode telling personal stories to make the wider points required of a news podcast. Sky News Daily is available on all podcast apps and Sky News IRN news bulletins can be heard across the UK on commercial and community radio stations. I want to briefly talk about something I've enjoyed listening to recently. On BBC Sounds, it is Ecstasy, the Battle of Rave. Essentially, it is a series telling the story of the late 1980s warehouse rave scene, the rise and fall of those ultimately illegal parties. The story is told by BBC Five Live's Chris Warburton, but is done so with a combination of documentary episodes and fictional dramatic monologue episodes. 
Both are produced really well, but it is the documentaries that are the heart of the podcast series. The contributors give real insights into the period, the taking of the drug ecstasy, how it came into the UK and was distributed, how the parties happened. Chris Warburton comes across as someone who's had very little personal experience of drug culture, but as a listening experience, this works. It feels like we are learning about what happened in that second summer of love, as the period was coined, together. So as you might expect, there is plenty of music from the period in each episode too. Ecstasy, the Battle of Rave, can be found on BBC Sounds. If you would like to contact us here at Fantastic Noise, be it with audio you recommend, stories, suggestions for future podcasts, feedback, or something else, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A Fantastic Noise. You can also email us on fantasticnoise at beds.ac.uk. Before we finish, it's time for that radio word of the week. Today it is Pop Shield, a noise protection filter for microphones typically used in a recording studio. It serves to reduce or eliminate popping sounds caused by mechanical impact of fast moving air on the microphone during recorded speech and singing. Generally speaking, in the radio stations I've managed, I haven't used pop shields, although the microphones are always covered by windshields, those foam covers, but in vocal booths, perhaps used by a voiceover artist, they are very common. A typical shield is composed of one or more layers of acoustically semi-transparent material, such as woven nylon, stretched over a circular frame, and is positioned between the person using the microphone and the microphone itself. Pop shield is my radio word of the week. And that is it for this episode of Fantastic Noise. Thanks so much for joining us. There will be another episode next week. Do subscribe, give us a review and a rating, and follow us on social media at A Fantastic Noise for future updates and previews. Thanks again to our guests today, Kieran Bangle and Annie Joyce from Sky News. Our artwork was produced by Stu Elvin, that's Stu with a double O, and our theme music is by Liam Ayton, remixed by Daniel Potter. This podcast was produced by me for the University of Bedfordshire's radio team, part of the School of Culture and Communications, and recorded partly in my home and partly in the studios of Radio Lab 97.1 FM on the Luton campus. I'm Terry Lee, and this, I hope you'll agree, has been a fantastic noise. <laughs>